Welcome to Wild Ideas Worth Living, a show where we talk to experts who've taken a wild idea and made it a reality so you can too. From people who have sailed around the world to those who've started thriving businesses and even broken records, some of the wildest ideas can lead to the most rewarding adventures. I'm your host, Shelby Stanger, and I hope you enjoy this show. This is episode 48 with sailing captain, adventurer, surfer, and writer, Liz Clark. This episode was brought to you by Olakai, a company who puts a ton of time and thought into crafting amazing footwear for men and women. I have a ton of pairs of Olakai sandals and even some of their slip-ons, and I love their shoes because they're all made really well so they don't break down, and they're all stylish so you can wear them with really nice outfits and always to the beach. Olakai was founded to celebrate the Aloha spirit and the waterman lifestyle, and they also aim to do a lot of good. They believe that sustainability and positive living is less about an ethos and more about the choices and actions you make every day. One of the best parts is this company is a certified B Corporation, and they do a ton of giving back to communities. They even have their own Ama Olukai Foundation, a nonprofit that helps to preserve the Hawaiian culture and the Hawaiian spirit, which I'm a big fan of considering my grandma lived in the islands. You can check them out and buy an awesome pair of sandals or even some slip-ons or one of their new pairs of boots for yourself or a loved one this season at olukai.com. That's O-L-U-K-A-I, olukai.com. This episode was brought to you by Active Skin Repair. They're a non-toxic, multifunctional skin and wound repair solution that replaces products like Neosporin, tea tree oil, and even hydrogen peroxide all in one solution so you can take less stuff with you on surf trips and adventures. I found this product created by a bunch of biotech guys who also love the outdoors. The active ingredient, Hypochlorous or HOCL, is naturally produced by white blood cells to kill 99% of bacteria within 15 seconds. It also reduces skin inflammation and helps the body heal naturally. The best part is it does it without harsh chemicals or antibiotics. You can use it on sensitive parts, and it's even reef safe and environmentally friendly. The medical team for the World Surf League is using it for reef cuts. Rock climbers are using it for flappers, cyclists for chafing and saddle sores, and even Navy SEALs are carrying it in their pack. To heal faster and go farther, check them out at bldgactive.com. That's bldgactive.com. Liz Clark is an adventurer, surfer. She was actually the college woman's champ, a sailboat captain, and an accomplished writer with her first book coming out this year with Patagonia Publishing. In 2005, she set sail from the docks of Santa Barbara toward French Polynesia with some pretty amazing stops along the way. Through over 20,000 nautical miles, Liz, who actually has been spending most of her time in French Polynesia, she's discovered the most important types of exploration often happen from within. Liz is incredibly introspective and thoughtful She's shared generously and openly about her voyage through her talks with Patagonia on her own website, The Voyage of Swell, and soon to be in her book. I've known Liz for a few years, so we're pretty excited to catch up with each other. But We talk about some great things from getting out of your comfort zone, what she's learned about people and herself from exploring some of the most remote parts of the world, her writing process and even the titles that didn't make the cut for her book. I hope you enjoy this show. (laughs) All right. I'm here with Liz Clark, and she wanted to hear the intro music and was was kind of bummed, so we were just trying to hum it. I love it. Liz, (laughs) welcome to Wild Ideas Worth Living. We're so excited to have you on the show. I'm so excited to be here, Shelves. All right, so Liz and I have known each other for, for quite some time, and um, she's just awesome. So we just went surfing. We did a little Wim Hof breathing exercise and some meditation. Mm. It's pretty epic. Don't forget sand therapy. Oh, and we rolled around in sand because, Liz, why did we roll around in sand? We, we literally lied down in the sand, and Liz was like, no, we're going to roll around in the sand. 
I just think it really feels amazing. And, um, you know, there could be a lot of explanations, like how the sand absorbs the sun and then you're getting all this great sun power. And but probably like negative ions. Probably negative ions. But for me, it just feels so good. I can't resist. So you're getting a little taste of, of our relationship. Liz and I have known <laughs> each other for a while, and she's got a remarkable story. Liz, maybe you can just tell us what you've been doing for the last 10 years on your boat, sailing to Tahiti and doing what most people want to do with their lives. Well, so long story short, I had a dream to see the world by sailboat because I grew up with, um, I grew up sailing with my family. And when I was in my young 20s, I met a retired professor who ended up giving me his sailboat. He wanted to sail around the world his whole life and never did. So he wanted to help someone to that dream and live vicariously through them. And that happened to be me. I was in the right place at the right time and wanted, had the desire. And so he set me up. We spent almost three years putting the boat together and redoing um, an old Cal 40. And then, then I sailed off. I sailed south towards Mexico and um, into the South Pacific. And for the last 10 years, maybe a little more, almost 12 now, um, I've been living on my sailboat and writing and trying to bring awareness to environmental issues and trying to grow as a human and figure out how we can create a better world. And your boat is called Swell. My boat is named Swell. And your writing is beautiful. Um, so Liz has had a blog, The Voyage of Swell. It's been incredible to follow along with her journey. And now there's a book coming out. You just spent the last year writing a book. So let's just start. Three years. Three years. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's been three years, and then the last year... Well, I spent a whole year procrastinating, and then by the time I'd um, written enough outlines and cleaned everything and cut my nails and everything else, I was able to start writing. So that's, that's pretty good, though, but you finished, and I just... Hats off to you. So maybe let's just start with some of the titles that didn't make the cut, because I got to be involved in hearing <laughs> some of these titles, and they're great. Well, the title process was really hard because... Um, I wanted something really creative and out of the box and would really attract people to it. So some of my favorites were Wind in My Hair because I love the feeling that it gives you like a freedom and um, wildness. And that was uh, just something that I felt gives people uh, an emotion. But my publishers were a bit afraid that would alienate our male readership. Um, So then I suggested tits in the wind (laughs) because I mean men are definitely going to want to read that and so are women because who doesn't want to feel their tits in the wind but um is there a lot of nudity on the boat because I mean for me sailing I would just be naked all the time honestly I don't wear a lot of clothes I just find them cumbersome hot and then I have a lot more laundry to do and I don't own a washing machine never have so I have to either do laundry at people's houses or in a bucket. So being naked is convenient for that reason. And um, so that title didn't make it either because it isn't quite the entire theme of the book. It's definitely one of them is the freedom that I feel and that I gain out there through different experiences. But um, so neither of those made it. We had She Captain, which I also loved, but... um, We ended up coming full circle back to Swell, the name of my boat, which means growth and expansion. It means happiness. It means surfing. So it really fits me in a lot of ways. I love the name Swell. I I like She Captain and Tits in the Wind, but um, maybe you could just tell us a little bit about what people are going to get in the book because it doesn't come out until spring. Mm -hmm. So we have to wait a little while, but um, hopefully I can get early manuscript. Maybe you could tell a little bit about, one, what you hope readers will take from it. I mean, I guess that's kind of a big question. Maybe what, what you aimed to yeah, write. I aimed to share my personal story of growth through the journey. And what I really hope people get from it is that each of us has this unique journey out there that is only ours to take and that by following what you love and what you're passionate about, 
and choosing love over fear, you'll 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 take yourself on this journey of growth and discovery that is available to everyone in so many different ways. And so yeah, I really I tried to share the humanness of my story. A lot of th- a lot of people look at me and they think that um, you know, I'm I've done this really difficult thing and that I'm some superhuman who has, you know, all these crazy skills, but really because it was my dream, I I pushed myself to learn. I pushed myself through. Th- it, it made me expand in so many ways that I think um, when you follow passion, you you break through these perceived limits that we have because you really, really want to. You go the extra mile. You you do things that you normally wouldn't because it's for something you really love and care about. So that's what I want to uh, transmit to my readers is how important it is to do something they really love. So there are any, any stories in through telling that that you were like a little afraid to write but you wrote anyway many (laughs) there's a lot of really personal stuff in there that I've never shared with the world so this is a really scary time for me or really like exciting too because I'm seeing these two worlds converge my inner world and my outer world I'm, I'm ready to share this with the world and and hope that it um frees other people to follow their own passion and and be their authentic self a little wear it on their shirt you know their shirt sleeve like with a little more courage you know sailing is such a good metaphor for life um i'm so excited for this book for so many reasons but i think one one of the questions i've always had is just from the beginning when you had this idea to to set sail to the south pacific you were young like 24 20 I was 23 when 23 I left. 23 when you left. What was the biggest thing, though, that you had to overcome personally to untie the dock lines and just go? I think the biggest thing I had to overcome was self-doubt, like most people trying to do something they've never done. I had to overcome the self-doubt of not being strong enough to handle the boat in strong weather. I had to be... I had to overcome the self-doubt of am I going to be able to financially figure out a way to make this all work Um, and the self-doubt that I was just going to be able to handle it mentally, the the hard things, the alone time, all those things. At once, when I thought about it, it was so overwhelming, but when I finally let go and cast the dock lines off, like I dealt with each one kind of little by little. And I, you know, I think that conquering my self doubt and kind of showing myself that I was capable of so much more than I imagined, uh, little by little through, through things that would happen on the trip, um, has been like the most liberating thing I, I could have, ever asked for so so cool so first of all liz is how, how tall are you liz five four she's five four but you weigh like 100 108 maybe 108 pounds she's tiny very strong an awesome surfer um so so you're not like the vision of a she pirate you know do you have any early stories when you were sailing that uh, like kind of some big challenges that happened that you can share just like a really good story that you remember that that really taught you to face that self-doubt and fear head on? So at one point in the journey, I decided I was ready to sail alone. I did the first year and a half with friends, and then I crossed the Pacific with my mom. And after that, I was feeling confident and ready to, to go on alone. So I sailed north 1,500 miles to a remote archipelago to spend the cyclone season. And then on the way back from that, I got in some really tough weather, a couple nights of lightning and thunderstorms, and then just an all-out gale, and I was trying to go upwind. I was running low on food. I was getting pushed away from my destination, 
I was I didn't sleep for three or four days in a row and I was I was so pushed to the ends of my limits and um I was able to make landfall where I wanted to after 15 days of really, really challenging conditions. And I don't know where that power came from towards the last few days. Uh, It was definitely coming from a different source, but it showed me that we are so much more capable than we think. We are so powerful when we really need to be. And that's what I've shown myself over and over through this trip. When A lot of times when I'm alone, I have something physical and difficult to accomplish that seems really hard to do by myself. And I will end up having to think the process of it through first. And then, especially in like that storm type of situation, you really want to like kind of think through all the things that could go wrong before you try a a, sail, a storm tactic or a maneuver that you not that I'm not super used to with the sails or whatever. I think preparing your mind for what could go wrong and then getting out there and going slowly. Don't rush anything. Just take it one thing at a time and uh I just I I'm amazed at how much my l- small strength is able to accomplish when you just there's no other option you just tell yourself I'm doing that and and I can you know did you what kind of sailing experience did you have before like like if if someone wanted to go out and do a crazy sailing trip like this yeah what do you recommend they need to know and how did you learn most of what you know so most of what I know I grew up on sailboats all our family vacations were out at at the Channel Islands and Catalina in the summers. And um, so I had that foundation of nautical knowledge and safety rules and things. My dad was super big on um, safety. and But here in Southern California, you don't get a ton of really consistent wind. So I would say, and even my whole uh, 4,000 miles down the west coast of North America to Panama, you didn't really have much consistent wind. So I would say I learned a ton of my um, my nautical skills as a kid, but as a sailor, once I got into the trade winds, I that's where I really learned to sail my boat. I knew the basics of sailing, of course, but um, having consistent wind for days and days and days in a row really helped me understand the fine the fine tuning of sailing i'm still not an expert but i can get my boat from a to b pretty efficiently so um but then things like provisioning engineering like all that other stuff that you had to learn yeah i think it's a, a little overwhelming if you try to look at everything at once what i did which i really recommend for people who want to do this same thing was Uh, This was Barry's suggestion, my mentor who helped me um, get Mm. this trip going. He suggested that I apprentice with a marine mechanic, a sailmaker, a rigger, an electrician. So I spent time following these guys around who were experts in their fields. And all of these skills were things that I was going to need or at some point want to have at least a basic foundation of knowledge about. And... So I tagged around with these guys from time to time for a couple years before I left. And I think um, what I saw during that time from them was I was so passionate about my dream that they really, they were excited to teach me because I was excited to learn. They were so willing to, you know, tell me these little tricks that they learned in their trades. And so I carried those out all with me on my trip and I just feel like anyone who wants to do this go down to a marina see who's working on boats and go ask if you can just give them a hand pass them tools it's it's super easy and I almost every one of them is probably going to want a helper so it seems like an easy way to get a lot of knowledge that's great advice you're also a 20 something year old girl at the time (laughs) I probably helped but 
I mean, I mean, come on, it helps a little bit. But yeah, I, use- I love this line, and our friend Ryan and Nicole Levinson both love to quote you, mm-hmm. comfort is caustic. Maybe you can talk about that a little bit. Yeah, well, I think I would say if you're too comfortable in your mind, if you're not um, challenged at all, then you're not growing very easily. Maybe it's just me, but that's kind of um, – something that I've tried to embrace is that a lot of things, a lot of this trip was really hard. I went through a lot of really hard things that I write about in the book and those fear places, those um, times of hardship always opened me into a deeper perspective of the world, a deeper part of myself that I needed to work on. And I think all of that stuff has been the most valuable, more than the perfect waves, more than anything else. It's this—it's the growth that I experienced on this trip that has made me who I am, you know, today. It's so fun hanging out with you because you have this sense of confidence about mm-hmm. yourself, but you also are like a big kid and just celebrate play, which is why all the little girls and boys on Tahiti just love you and follow you around. And it's so cool. I've talked to you about, you know, struggling with some anxiety and depression and, and it's been hard and I've learned all these tools and tactics over the years. And now I feel like, okay, like I, I got this. You have great advice. Um, I think to people dealing with pain or fear, you maybe share just, just a little bit of it because you have had to face pain and fear head on on the boat. Yeah, this trip has been challenging in so many ways and because I wanted it so bad, I, I've had to, when I ran up against a wall, I had to find ways to, to break through it or else I wouldn't have been able to be, keep, you know, I wouldn't have been able to keep going. So, um at one point in my journey, I I found I met this woman who um, helped me gain perspective about suffering and about difficult people or difficult things in our lives. And she said that that is our most our those can be our most precious teachers. And just by having that different perspective on it, I didn't realize how I was resisting so many things in my life that actually were there to help me break through a negative pattern in my in my personality or in my character that um that was holding me back in a lot of ways and so when she told me that my whole world opened to suffering and pain and fear in a, in a way I never imagined I think with pain and fear pain especially I started to try to instead of just heal whatever it was or make it go away, um, I started to try to look at the root of it. And I'm talking about emotional pain more than physical pain in this scenario. When I realized that pain was a window into my own enlightenment, it really helped me see it in a different way and reach deeper into myself instead of resisting it, make it like part of a wave that I was riding kind of. So I think the advice I would give to other people is that what we're coming up against in our in our outer world is all helping us get to somewhere in our inner world. So the less that we resist it and try to understand it and try to work with it each time I've been able to expand my, I mean, I'm not saying I'm, I'm perfect or anything, but I've grown a lot through, uh, through all the difficulties I've had. They've each been super hard during the time that I'm in them, but they're the times where I grow the most and I open up to things that I never maybe would have if I was in a happy, positive state, I guess. Wow. That was, thank you for sharing that. I think you've, you've said this to me, like something was bothering me and or a person, and you're like, maybe see that as a gift. And it's not like, hey, this is a gift, yay, like something hard is happening, but like 
instead of running from it or just being busy. You know, I think right now, living in the U.S., pretty much anywhere, not on a boat, you can just be busy if you're in pain. You can go work. You can just work more. Or -hmm. you can, like, go – there's a million things to do. You can just surf all day or whatever. Um, Has being on a boat kind of taught you that time and space, you know, you just can't run from things? Yeah, I think that's been the biggest gift of this journey is that having the time – I'm not saying I've not been busy because I have, but in certain situations I've had the freedom to take the time when I really need it to just go within and work on something in myself. I really wish that freedom for more people. Um, So I really believe in changing the system we have right now to make more room for people to have time for those things. I think it's essential to moving forward. I totally agree. Um, thanks, Liz. You get to go to really interesting indigenous cultures a lot of the times on these islands you're in. I'm sure you have some cool stories about. I remember there was one. There were some local women you met on an island. I feel like there was like they were killing pigs, or I don't remember. There was some mm, really cool story yeah. a couple of years ago. But any advice to going to new cultures and and being welcomed or because yeah, you're in some some pretty remote, awesome cultures. Yeah, I think the most important things you can go in with are humility and a big smile. That has gotten me really far in meeting new people and new cultures everywhere I've been. Uh, I think going in with the idea that that they have something to teach you versus you knowing more than them or by just paying attention to the subtleties and being open to 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 learning from them. I think a lot of us go travel from the U.S. and think that we know everything about life. And what I've learned is the more places I go, we know so very little here about really how to live a, a fulfilling and um, sustainable life, I guess. Sustainability, yeah. You're, you're a big um, environmental advocate. Maybe just tell us some of the things you're doing to raise awareness about the environment, from the sunscreen you use to the forks and bamboo <laughs> utensils you bring in your purse. Yeah, so I guess I was always concerned for the environment since I was a little kid. And maybe a few years into my journey, I was feeling so overwhelmed about where we were headed as a country in the U.S., about even how my own impacts um, were hurting the environment. Is this because you were seeing it like on your boat? You were seeing fish, you were seeing coral? Like, Well, even before I left, you know, I was just so disillusioned that, you know, we are creating this, this economy based on infinite growth in a finite world that can't... Uh, it's, it's an illusion, like it can't happen. It's, so, um, you know, for me, I was just so frustrated that we were not doing more to take care of the foundation of what keeps us alive every day. So then I got out there and I was seeing all these problems in real time. I'm seeing the plastic all over the beaches. I'm seeing fish populations declining. I'm seeing coral reefs bleaching. I'm seeing indigenous populations, um, you know, eating all this imported food that's causing disease. And I was just feeling so overwhelmed by it all that I at one point realized I have to take a positive spin on this or it's just going to like it's it's just going to hurt. It's keep hurting me too much. So I decided to just look at my own life and do try to educate myself on what I could do in my own life to have less impact. So that came through every little aspect of the day. I would just like look at, oh, could I, what could I, what better dish soap could I use? What um, sunscreen doesn't, isn't going to hurt the reef or my skin? Um, What 
all different ways, which is it's come down to my diet. You know, that's a big reason why I changed to eating a plant-based diet. Uh, so doing that, I was able to spin it in a positive way. And I think give people a chance to become part of the solution versus always feeling like we're part of the problem. For me, that was a really nice relief to start feeling like we can make a movement behind changes in your personal life. Because if all of us start to look at how we can lighten our load on earth, we are pushing that movement in the right direction just by individual changes. And I think those naturally trickle up through legislation and changes to law if already at an individual level we're consciously making better decisions i totally cut you off before about about the women the women in the pig am i like imagining this no yeah mommy fatiato she yeah we i got to this one spot um at an island pretty isolated and went ashore i had extra fish and I wanted to give it to someone. And I saw this grandmother walking on the beach. She was collecting shellfish. And she had a um, her grandson with her and a goat on a leash. And the three of them were just the cutest trio ever. And so she, I gave her the fish and she invited me in. And we... I learned about her and she was living in this isolated valley. She had to walk four miles to get any supplies from the store. She hunted pigs till she was 79. She told me the story of her and her girlfriend out in the middle of the night. They were doing some, I forget what they were doing, but they were doing something else. They weren't even pig hunting. And they, in the middle of the night, they had this, huge pig come foraging near where they were were working and so they she wrestled the pig killed the pig and then her and her girlfriend set to cleaning and getting this 600 pound pig cleaned and and slaughtered and ready to store and there they use salt to cure the meat and so they can eat it for many many months but I just had ultimate respect for this woman living straight off the nature out of nature and you know doing whatever it took to keep her and her grandson going and um 79 79 years old imagine a 79 year old here like wrestling a pig and slaughtering it cleaning it gutting it and they did it all through the night because in the daytime there's flies so they they clean everything they do all the work on the meat in the night so they lit a big fire and just went to it all night and wow yeah she was um Uh, so impressive i imagine you have like millions of stories like this tropicat tropicat's your cat who's now more famous than you on instagram (laughs) tropicat is one of a kind so what kind of cat is tropicat a jungle cat right she's a tropicat she's just a she's a she was a Tahitian blend of evolution, getting running away from dogs, being fed fish scraps, and she oh, so somehow cool. she's an amazing spirit. I have only one more serious question, and then we're gonna go into the lightning round, what I call the quick and dirty round. Um, tell me a little bit about magic and maybe your your sort of spiritual journey. I know we've talked about it a little bit, but just briefly, because I, I kind of like it when you talk about this stuff. <laughs> um, I guess uh, when I left on this trip, I was very non-spiritual. I was really, things were really black and white. I was much more like, I guess, a scientific mind. And um, through my journey, I really had to reach deeper into places that um, I didn't, really have to ever go before and it turned out that spirituality and my relationship with the mystery the unknown the great spirit god whatever you want to call it has become 
like the most important part of my journey. I think what has, I've learned is that that great love or that uh, life spirit that connects all of us is something that when you when you when you live from the heart space, you tap into this extra power, this magic that comes through being in alignment with what your really heart really wants to do. So I've seen just like these impossible situations somehow pan out into safety and friendships and, um, you know, just these really unexpected beauties that have come through me just going for it, (laughs) going for it because that's what I really wanted to do. And so I tapped into a place where I feel like anything is possible really through your desire and your passion and your love. I also feel like there must be just a huge element of surrender because, but you have something magic about you, Liz, because every time I go surfing with you, and I'm telling you listeners, I'm not lying. Every time I go surfing with Liz, like waves magically appear just right for her. And then dolphins start jumping and then there's like fish and the water's like blue. Maybe because you're only here in October when it's like <laughs> the perfect month. I don't know, but it's a, it is pretty magic. You, you tend to live with magic and it's it's a good reminder because I tend to like force and grind sometimes and then it never works out and when you let go. I think learning to let go is something so essential to my journey because out in the elements, you try to force things and you're going to be miserable the whole time because you can't control the weather and you just have to learn how to surrender and sit back and go slowly or pull a reef in the sail and just smile about it because... If you don't, you're just going to be miserable the whole time. And so learning to not, um, you know, don't try to force the things that you can't and accept with grace the things that are around you, um, I think that's opened me up to magic. It's fun to be open to those ideas because you get all these fun surprises in your life that I guess um, might not come through if you have a really closed in perspective of what's possible that's awesome thank you liz you've been out in the world um you also have done tons of speaking gigs with patagonia and other people and you've seen a lot you've been to different islands you've traveled more than pretty much anybody i know right now what's the biggest concern you have or thing we should pay attention to right now Climate change has just c- come to this place in my heart where I'm, I'm just, it's our biggest concern. I don't know how to tackle it, but I know that it's, it's the one thing that we all need to come together on. And so um, that was a big reason for me eating plant-based diet, changing my diet. Um, I just realized that I could cut my carbon footprint in half or more. And for me, that was so important when I go out and I'm in these island communities that will be entirely lost. They they are only six feet above sea level and they will have to be displaced. They will lose their home. And, you know, these people are the ones contributing the least to this problem and they're going to be the worst affected. And for me, that hit so hard when I realized that, that I was willing to do anything I could in my personal life to change that, you know? So, I mean, I still have a long way to go to obviously not use fossil fuels, but I felt like the diet was something I could do on a daily basis to have less impact. So I I do encourage people to look at a plant-based diet as a way to do something today. It doesn't mean you have to do it for the rest of your life, but until we get legislation in place that is going to help get our climate going in the right direction and get that cap on carbon, I feel like it's something that has a really positive effect every day. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Well, this is an easy one. Vegan, paleo, or pescatarian? Um, Vegan with occasional fish. 
Jimmy Buffett or uh, Jack Johnson? Jimmy Buffett. Tell me a little Jimmy story. Well, um, do you want to hear when I sang on stage with him? Yeah. In Bora Bora? Yeah, we went to this private concert where I, he... I wasn't actually private. I think he was just filming it for some of the videos he makes. And um, nobody in the whole island knew who he was. They were like, Jimmy Buffet? <laughs> and I'd heard about it through a friend. So so I sailed up there and um, he sang his whole set. And then he got to Cheeseburger in Paradise. And he was like, well, we usually bring backup singers. But we... We, it's a small show, so we didn't bring him this time. Is there anyone out there? And he'd heard me singing the songs the whole night. So he kind of looked right at me and my girlfriend. So he called us up on stage, and I got to sing Cheeseburgers in Paradise with Jimmy in Barefoot at Bora Bora. That's so amazing. And then we went surfing the next day. It was awesome. This is, I told you, Liz, is magic. Like, how only, only this happens to you. This is amazing. Kelly Slater's Wave Pool or Chopu? Well, I've already served Chopo, so Kelly Slater's Wave Pool would be so amazing. Dear Firewire, listening to this podcast, let's make that happen. I've been practicing my right tubes. What was your last yummy meal that you made or had cooked for you? Or I'm um, butchering this. <laughs> Sorry. My last yummy meal, I got to go out to dinner last night with my dad, Tahui, and Anna. And we had Italian food, and just being with them was the best thing. Three of my favorite people on earth. Anna's our mutual friend, um, just awesome. And Tahui is uh, Liz's man. Sweet man. How do you say Tahiti? <laughs> Tahiti. You don't say Tahiti. Do it one more time. Californians, or we tend to say Tahiti. And Tahui likes to correct them to say Tahiti. Okay, I learned that today. So it's Tahiti. I'm still kind of blowing it. Daily routines, things you try to do no matter if you're in Tahiti or here. <laughs> breath work and meditation is really high on my list. So when, when you say breath work, you, you do a lot of Wim Hof. I love Wim Hof. And a funny side note story, Liz and I started doing Wim Hof within a day of each other. And we both were like, you got to check out this guy. And she's like, no, you got to check out this guy. And I'd been writing a story about him. And and Wim was a really funny guy during during one of the video parts. Um, for those of you who don't know, Google Wim Hof. He has an interesting breathing style method. It's not it's, rocket science, but it's awesome. And it's so effective for so many things. I have literally changed my entire immune system thanks to Wim Hof. I don't get sick anymore, which I got sick. I got every cold that passed before. And now I have a bulletproof immune system. So just for anyone out there who needs uh, help from wow, getting that's sick. amazing. I had no idea. So we'll post some stuff about Wim Hof Method in the show notes. For me, it just helps me get into meditation deeper. If I do two rounds and then we meditate, um, I can meditate. Yeah, so useful for that. I can't believe it changed your immune system. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, if you could go back in time and tell your 15-year-old self, I say 15 to everybody because that is the most, for many, tumultuous, vulnerable time. You're like a sophomore in high school. Mm -hmm. What would you go back and what would you tell your 15-year-old self? I think I would tell her that it's okay to be different and it's okay to want different things than everyone else. I think at that time I was so I tried to push all those things away and just be like everybody else because I didn't want to stand out more or stand out at all. And I would want to tell her that those are my gifts. Those are what make me um, unique and wonderful and to not, not push those away instead and accentuate them and feed them and, and uh, embrace them. Knowing where you live, because um, cause it's pretty much right here where we grew up in San Diego, I imagine kids at 15 at your school wanted like nice cars to go to a good school and you wanted to sail around the world. Yeah, there was a ton. There's a ton of wealth in that area and we had moved into that area. Um, we're renting a place, but my parents really wanted us to go to those schools for the good education. And um, I just I don't know I wasn't I definitely wasn't driven by material things I didn't 
want, I wanted to, I loved learning and I did excelled in school, but I didn't want to do things for a resume just to put them on a resume. I never understood why I would do that. I, it had to come from my heart and let's build a world that you do things that you want to do from your heart and you can actually also financially support yourself. I think I've proven to myself that choosing those things, it won't be hard. I mean, it won't be easy. It's going to be hard, but, and it might take a while, but it'll, it'll come back to you and it'll be so worth it. It's great advice for living wildly in general. Um, Travel must-haves, things you take when you travel. Or is that first? <laughs> I'm just looking at Lizzie's first right now. It's like she's laughing. Um, I need a stick of Avasol sunscreen. Um, I need a piece of long, thin, small rope. I can do almost anything with that. You can? Mm -hmm. Like what? Oh, I just give me a job. I'll do it. Wow. Yeah, you can just fashion, tie things together, fashion little whatever you need laundry line there's a million uses for that stuff you can fix things um what else i would say it's pretty fun to have a little speaker and some music i love dancing i love dancing what kind of music do you listen to i love reggae i love music that makes you want to move and you're such an articulate writer that i know you are also an amazing reader Maybe you could tell some people some of the books that have helped shape you and that you recommend. Yeah, I have not had a ton of time to read in the past three years because I've been writing, but some of the books that really gave me a new perspective on my journey when I really was feeling stuck, I would say were Don Ruiz Miguel, um, The Four Agreements was a huge one for me, blew my mind open how these four simple, simple things could really change my life and make it give me such a different and better perspective. Um, I love conversations with God was another one that just kind of tied together all these things that I was really feeling about spirituality and about what resonated with me that I was picking out of different religions, different people I met, different cultures that book really had a lot of them all packaged into one, which was really validating for me in a way. So um, I do recommend that to people. I loved Autobiography of a Yogi. He like showed me in that book that spirituality is your own unique journey and you can do whatever you want with it. And it just made me realize I don't have to conform to any one's particular idea about it that it's a personal thing and that was so freeing to me and that also anything is possible it's awesome we'll put all those in the show notes as well avocados or coconuts you want i know such a hard question horrible <sighs> coconuts because you've done a coconut if fast I, right if i had to choose but hopefully i'll never have to choose Liz, thank you so much for sharing your wild ideas on this show. Where can people find more? And Patagonia, when is this book coming out? When can we get it? So it comes out on April 1st, which is kind of a joke because I'm going to hopefully be like, just kidding, one more year. <laughs> no. But um, yeah, it comes out on April 1st. You can pre-order it in January already. So um, Christmas I'll keep gift. people posted on that and... My Instagram account is probably the best way to keep tabs on me. I am at Captain Liz Clark. And I'm also I also have a website, swellvoyage.com, which has gotten a little less love through the book process, but it, I will hopefully be updating more often now that I'm free of that. And um, other than that, I've, you know, Facebook too. I've got a I've got a fan page going on Liz Clark and the Voyage of Swell. And yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. Awesome, Liz. Thank you so much. It's been such an honor. Thank you, Shelves. I had such a great time talking to Liz. 
I forgot to ask her one of my favorite questions. I called her back to ask her her message to the world. If you could fly an eco-friendly plane over the world and you could read a message to the world, right now, what's your message? I think my plane would pull a banner that says, we are one. Because I think this is like the mentality that we really need to embrace to shift toward learning how to live in harmony with our planet and is just having that understanding that we are all one and we cannot really thrive or be happy unless everyone else around us is doing the same. I think that's what mine would say. I hope you enjoyed this show. Thanks again to Liz and Tahui for coming on. I'll have links on where to find more of Liz on the show notes at wildideasworthliving.com. And I want to hear from you. Email me, send me a message on Facebook, on our page, or on Instagram, what you like, what you want more of, what you want to see improved, and if you have any questions for any of our guests. We're gearing up for next year's shows and making a lot of improvements, so let me know your feedback now. Special thanks to Liz, to Tahui, to Emily Larson for helping with social media, to Chase Olivier for helping with a media deck, to Annie Fassler for editing this show, and special thanks to Olakai who makes amazing, comfortable, and stylish sandals, and Active Skin Repair who makes a product that completely healed a wound. I had some stitches from surfing. It healed it faster than the doctor ever would have thought. So check them out. You can help support the show at wildideasworthliving.com slash support us through our Amazon affiliate links by donating or just writing a review on iTunes. I love seeing these reviews. They are awesome. Wherever you are, don't forget some of the best adventures often happen when you follow your wildest ideas. We have some great shows coming up. We'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.